Welcome to the Living Leadership Podcast. Equipping leaders to live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. The following audio was recorded at Refresh Network Online, an online community for gospel encouragement and refreshment for Christian leaders and their spouses. Friends, uh, Helen and I have greatly enjoyed and profited from these Wednesday mornings. Uh, We hope, obviously, this contribution is going to be helpful. It's entitled, Taking His Place. Uh, It's said that life is lived forward, but it's understood backwards. My favourite and most instructive Old Testament character is Joseph. Um, And if I may, I'm going to give you a little snapshot, a very personal one, of which why Joseph is so vivid for me. Um, Forty years ago, I was headhunted to be a CEO of a Christian charity. I'd, in fact, in the previous couple of weeks, accepted a post as medical officer of an oil company in the Middle East. So it was agreed that uh, my Christian appointment would be deferred for three to four years. So I obviously spent those years praying and planning. At the end of the four years, the Christian offer was withdrawn and I'd set my heart for the previous three or four years on this and I was devastated. So I spent two or three years in hospital, in and out, uh, arguing and questioning with Christian friends and with God himself. During that period, I think I'd very subtly attempted to take his place. So I've got three little headings just to ponder on. Firstly, I think I, at that stage, and possibly still now, am an unreconstructed planner. That is, very simply, I had no one to bounce ideas off in the Middle East, no one to challenge me or correct me, just letters in those days, no face-to-face interaction, alone with my thoughts, building a castle in my own imagination. Oh yes, praying, but subtly on my own terms, dreaming, but with no one to interpret. And then that great sense of betrayal by brothers. The lessons, as it were, in prison were very hard to learn. But as I think it's Tim Keller talks beautifully about the fact that God reads our hearts and he edits our plans. So Helen's going to do a little piece to unpack the key of reconstructing an inveterate planner. Well, I've always been puzzled by the story of Mary and Martha, probably 
I always will be because I so easily identify with Martha. Um, and I'm just going to read the little bit in Luke 10, that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we have Martha distracted by all the things that have to be done. And I think, well, aren't we all? Whether that's our ministry plans, our life plans, maybe it's a draining and very complex pastoral situation. Most, most of the people here, we will all be involved in supporting people in so many ways through this pandemic. And then as Marcus mentioned, there's what's reverberating around the evangelical world. Or in my case, often it's just getting ready for guests. We are distracted by so many things. And that's unavoidable in, in this world, but Martha's distraction led her, I think, to put her place, herself in the place of God. Firstly, by questioning Jesus's heart, Lord, don't you care? And also in thinking, she knows what other people ought to be doing and cheekily what God ought to be telling them to do. Tell her to help me. With the result that she, Martha, feels stressed and isolated. Did you notice the bit by myself in verse 10? And isn't that often when we get like this, how we feel? There's nobody else that understands. There's nobody with me in this. And I don't sense a whole load of joy at her receiving the master. The greeting is a rant, not a hug. And she's forgotten who this is. The one who in the words of the old chorus is he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the one who says, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. And as we've just read in Psalm 23, he is preparing a table for us, not the other way round. It's all his and he doesn't actually need us. I've been reading Diane Langberg's book, Suffering and the Heart of God, highly recommended. And at one point, speaking about the raising of Lazarus, she writes this. Jesus then does an interesting thing. He engages human beings in the resurrection process. Now, someone who can raise another from the dead is surely not troubled by a little stone being in the way. It was not necessary that people remove the stone, but he catches them up in his resurrection work. He calls Lazarus out and engages humans again. Unbind him. Lazarus has to make his way blindly out of the cave towards a voice that calls him. He cannot see, he's bound with clothes that restrict him, and he stinks. 
Jesus calls people to assist. He does not need their help. He raises him himself without assistance. He could just as easily have Lazarus come out of come out free of grave clothes. Stones and sheets are not a big deal if you raise the dead. And then she continues, no matter how good you are at rolling stones, handling stench and removing grave clothes, you cannot raise the dead. He is the resurrection and the life. The power is of him and I am not to confuse my work with his. And nor was Martha, and nor are we. So Jesus puts Martha in her right place at the end, in her very privileged place, which is where Mary is seated at Jesus' feet. So I suppose what, what it speaks to me is let's get back there to Jesus' feet before we get going on all the other things that are pressing in. Thanks. I've got a couple of other headings to follow that. Apart from being an unreconstructed planner and not very good at sitting at Jesus's feet, there are times for me, and I'm sure for you, where we face situations where it seems a very long wrestle, where the future seems bleak and we feel puzzled and abandoned. But trusting him and sitting at his feet is the most wonderfully freeing place of all. From Joseph, I learned two other lessons about taking his place. I am, I think, by nature, an innate rescuer. I've got a great ability to fix everybody else's problems rather than my own. Helen's a very good counsellor and in the right place because she listens. The doctor in me wants to present the solutions and to fix it. I have to come to his feet. And I'm only useful to him if I've been rescued myself. In a very real sense, the wonder and glory of the gospel is that he is in my place. He is the rescuer, not me. And then secondly, I think I'm a reluctant delegator. Joseph, it seems to me, has great talents. No doubt honed in prison with great trials but he didn't do it all. Not only, I think, has God given us the indescribable ministry of representing him, but he's delegated that representation to others with their roles. We don't have to do everything. It's a very hard lesson for me to learn. And even when others seem to muck up or have got false motives, God's will and plan is never thwarted. So Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And it's very wonderful to know that he has a way 
even if we don't see it at the time, of making all things right. Only he can make good out of a mess. I think I bear testimony to that. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Living Leadership Podcast. We hope what you've heard today spurs you on in your walk with the Lord. If you're encouraged by today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or colleague or leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice to help others find us. If you'd like to engage further with us on anything we've discussed today, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on any major social media application at Living Leaders. Or you can visit our website, www.livingleadership.org, where you'll find even more support and resources to help you live in Christ joyfully and serve him faithfully. Blessings. Blessings.